All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog. Having a great Thursday night. Football is back. Watching the Bucks and the Cowboys. Joining me tonight from two-time defending champ Steel Curtain. Ed, how's it going, buddy? Great. I was uh, super excited as the two-time champ to get the first touchdown with you, I guess, as your quarterback from Godwin. So, good start to the night and the hunt for three straight. Every touchdown tonight has involved a desert dog, too, which is you know, great. So, maybe maybe we'll meet in the title game this year. That'll be fun. Another guy trying to get to the title game for the third time. Uh, this year would be Phil. Phil's lost the title game to both myself and Eddie, so uh, perfect trio to have on the podcast tonight. How's it going, Phil? Short-term memory. <laughs> Gotta forget it. Move past it. Concentrate on this season. Now, I, I'm also having a pretty good start. Happy with what AB has been able to put out there and happy to be on the podcast. Yes, uh, happy to have you back after a week away last weekend. Um, what were your uh, draft thoughts? Did you listen to the podcast from last week? I did. I did. I think I agree with a lot of what you guys were saying. I thought it was a very fair draft. And players that I kind of used as a barometer for how the league was valuing uh, came in pretty close to what I thought. Like, I thought Chris, Car- Chris Carson was going to be a really good hey, is the league more attracted to the sexy younger players and are they valuing actual production and volume, like what Chris Carson is going to bring? And he went exactly for what I was hoping he wouldn't go for. I wanted to get him a little cheaper. But players like that that have been staples in fantasy football that are still really, really good and have strong value got value accordingly. So I, I think overall it was a very good draft Owners did a good job with it. The, the one thing I was kind of challenged with was being on the short stack, I found myself bidding up a lot of those earlier players. And the bigger stacks, I, I, I know Spears was involved in a lot of it, but there were a lot of players that I was bidding high 50s, low 60s, where I'm like, all right, if I get this, then my draft is pretty much over and I can't do anything else. I was really hoping that more owners were going to get involved in some of the top-tier players, and it just didn't happen. So we didn't see those guys get pushed into the 70 and $80, 90 like we'd seen in previous years, which I was a little disappointed about, and it put the shorter stacks like me on, on edge and, and forced to go for value. But hey, good, good on them. They did a good job of managing their money. They got some good players. And overall, I thought it was a great draft. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what Eddie and I were alluding to when we were sitting there saying we wanted Troy to get a player because he was sitting there with all that money. Um, and three of us, I think, were three of the four low men in the room. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely felt that. And Eddie's been saying for a while that the, the industry hype in our league does exist as well. Like the same guys that are getting hyped and all the other drafts are getting hyped and going for higher prices in our league as well. Yeah, I think the hype is there, and what you look for is, all right, the guys that aren't hyped, where are they going? And for the most part, I thought they went for pretty fair values. There were some good buys later in the draft and, and, and middle of it. There, there's definitely hype. The, the IUKs, the, the Trey Sermons going for more money than I thought they would go for. But 
overall, I didn't feel like anybody came unprepared and everyone did a half-decent job of managing cap and, and getting players they needed. Yeah, I thought it was a good draft, too. Eddie, should I hit Phil with our trivia question? Oh, God. Is it a trivia question? Uh, just a quick one. Two two answers. Um, Phil, trivia question. The first touchdown of the season involved which two owners in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? <laughs> That's not a real trivia question. Because <laughs> you already opened the podcast by saying that. <laughs> Thank you. Are we going to go back over past winners? Sure. I won the first year. Troy won the second year. I won the next two, and Eddie's, Eddie's yeah. won the last two. It depends. Is, is there an email coming up where you can relive the glory days at the bottom of it, or no? <laughs> I've, I've I've toned it back. Toned it back. This is a kindler, gentler desert dog. I haven't I haven't signed my emails that way at all this year. You're right. It wasn't a signature on the last email you sent the day before the draft. It was the introduction. Oh, was it? Okay. All right. <laughs> my memory escapes me. Old age is hitting me hard. Guys uh, staring up in the rafters while everybody else is trying to win this year. Hey, I loved the Cowboys hard knock season. We have a lot of similarities. Yeah. <laughs> um, big big Cowboys, Lakers, you know, Yankees got here. Um, all right, let's get into the week one matchups. We won't have Sherry tonight just because uh, Shane did no show. Shout out to Shane though. He was my partner, or I should say I was his partner, Tuesday night, nine-hole golf league. Shane went out there and fired a two-under on the front nine for us to take first place in the uh, Reading Country Club nine-man event. So he, uh, Congrats. He played some good golf. I mixed in a couple shots here and there, and uh, we are $35 of pro shop credit richer because of it. Um, happy early birthday to him as well. Old man's turning 34 on Tuesday. Also, shout out to the Sher family. Uh, I think I led the pod last week that they were going to the hospital. Uh, baby Cameron is healthy and well, and everyone's home now, and everything's going great for the Sher family. So congrats to Brandon and Brittany on number two. Um, all right, week one matchups. Start off with the Desert Dogs versus Nevermore. Nevermore with a huge blow today, losing Gus Edwards the ACL injury. They do still own the handcuff, Tyson Williams. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. I'd imagine it's going to be a heavy dose of Williams this week. Um, but Devonta Freeman added. Love Bell also added to the Ravens roster. So how things shake out the rest of the year there will be very interesting. Let's start off with the Desert Dogs team. Uh, Brady and CeeDee Lamb doing some things. Ronald Jones, you know, just hopefully not going to get me a negative tonight. But my question for week one, Tyler Boyd, week one expectations with Jamar Chase and year two T. Higgins now in the mix for Cincy against Minnesota in that revamped passing defense. Um, he's going to probably lead them in targets. Um, I really like T. Higgins for this year. I felt like I was... I was early on that boat, and then the hype got out of control, out of control on him, um, and Chase helped that. But Tyler Boyd should be pummeled with targets. They should be – I think they should be chasing against Minnesota, um, so he should get a lot of them. I don't, did you guys see the Jamar Chase quote on why he can't catch? <laughs> I feel like the headline got taken out of context, but I, I didn't see the full quote. I only saw the headline. 
He talked about how there's no white stripes on the ball, and it's really hard to look for the laces and see only the white laces because the ball is all brown in the NFL, and he's, like, having trouble picking it up. Like, it was some really, like, damning things. It's almost like like the first thing that popped in my head is, like, a batter that's just not picking the ball up well. And I'd, like, I, I was like, that could be a real thing. Like, you just have this brown blob flying at you. It's probably getting on him quicker with Burrow throwing it because it wasn't Burrow that threw it in college, you know? Sounds Unless you heard that Burrow played with him in college. I don't know if you heard that. Maybe he needs laser eye surgery like Winston got before his 30 and 30 season. 30 and 30, I love it. Um, I, I I was like, sounds like a guy that hasn't caught game passes in two years because that's also what, what it is. I really, I think people are really underestimating how that year off is going to gonna affect some people the guys that sat out. Um, just to piggyback on what you said before we get to Phil for Boyd, um, and it piggybacks again off something Phil said about Brandon Ayuk and the hype. It was interesting to see Ayuk and Higgins go for significantly more than Debo and Boyd when I think they're, they're a lot closer than people are actually realizing. Like, yeah, I, I, people just... Ahead. People just forgot that Debo was really good. Boyd, it's kind of more surprising that, or I guess less surprising that he didn't get the value because he's just not sexy. Like, he's just going to run. Everything's going to be under 10-yard routes, and he's going to get pummeled with the check downs. And it's just not It's not sexy. He'll get, he'll get 10 targets week one probably, and none of them are going to be deeper than 12 yards. But it is what it is. But that that's a pretty good stat line if you can get that. I don't like I don't know what this offense is gonna look like. Uh we haven't seen Burrow, Mixon, and of course these these three guys for a full season. I don't I don't know what the target share is gonna look like. Boyd has had some good years and looking back at some of the other seasons. I, I have good week one expectations, probably high floor, low ceiling type game for, for Boyd. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with like a six for seventy-five from him. You know, if he can, if he can get me ten points, I'd be happy with Boyd. I'm just curious if you remember last year that the Packers came out and blitzed Minnesota um, through the air, and I'm just wondering how much better that Minnesota pass defense really is. Does Pat Pete have some stuff left in the tank for Minnesota? Um, that entire defense is brand new. Yeah, like placed everything top down, so. Um, I think that is a sneaky game, though, for a shootout on both sides. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense played in that one. No. Um, all right, never more. What are your expectations for Mike Davis in 2021? Um, one thing that concerned me, I was pretty in on Mike Davis just as a value running back because I didn't think there were any competent NFL running backs um, in that room. And then... They add Wayne Gallman this week. And Wayne Gallman's not a sexy player either. Um, but he's shown they contribute effectively. And I just think that, that that's going to actually hurt Mike Davis a lot more than people are talking about. And, uh, I don't even know what to think of Mike Davis. It's a guy that I completely and totally avoided this year in everything I did from best balls down to league drafts. I, I, I guess I, I almost totally avoided Atlanta in, in its entirety. Like, outside of Calvin Ridley and taking a shot on 
hits once or twice. Like, I don't want anything to do with Atlanta at all. I don't really know what to do with Mike Davis. I, I didn't. I never loved drafting a running back because, or keeping a running back, I should say, in this case, based on having no competition around him. He, he still has to be a good player, and I'm not sure Mike Davis is a good player. It, it's probably his job to lose in Atlanta, but I'm not expecting much out, out of this player. Our RB3 category for me. Any, uh, any Gallman comments from you guys? Is there that more smoke than fire? I mean, <clears throat> they're the same dude. Mm-hmm. They're both guys that like are uh, a handcuffed kind of guy for your team that, for your NFL team, not for your fantasy team, that can like get some spot starts and like have a burst and show up and do some things here and there. And but neither one of them should ever be a feature back. Um, <laughs> so maybe they'll just rotate him three weeks at a time and hope they can get some nice spot starts out of them. I don't, I don't, they're both the same dude to me. Yeah, there, there's some similarities there. Goldman's competent. I'm, I'm not excited about either, but he's going to get some carries and steal some share from Mike Davis. And then you have Cordero Patterson lurking as well, who he may come into play on third downs. You never know. Alright, who wins the dogs versus Nevermore? I'll take the dogs. Um Yeah. I'm gonna lean on McCaffrey against the Jets. That sounds good. Yeah, give me the dogs. Start tonight definitely helps with the way Brady and C D came out in the first half. Next game, take your ball and go home versus the Seawolves. Battle of the Skook. Um, that almost sounds like it could have been something from like the eighteen twelve war. The Battle of the Skook. Phil versus Shane. Uh, we'll start off with T-Bag. Who do you think Shane should play in his flex two spot? Um, Trace Herman. I think that he has an opportunity from the seven-minute mark in the third quarter through the fourth quarter to be putting the nail in the coffin against the Lions and just be eating up some some late carries to make sure they keep Mostert healthy and can rip some stuff off and maybe punch one in late in the game because Detroit stinks. Uh. I mean, Houston stinks too, but I don't think that the Jags are going to come out and throw the ball over the lot. I think they're going to try to get out of there with a win against a bad football team. So, Chenault's not really exciting week one. I kind of want to see that first. We can say the same with Sermon, but I think there's a chance that he's kind of putting the game away late to make sure they get out of there healthy. I like Chenault, but I, I will say I think the Texans are going to be the Jaguars this weekend. You, you don't see a, a rookie quarterback and rookie coach go on the road as a favorite very often in the NFL. And I do think the Texans are going to come out of it. And I think it's going to be one of those games that it's going to be a sneaky over game. As as weird as that sounds, oh, Ronald Jones fumble. Um, as, as weird as that sounds, I think Chenault's going to have a good game. 
But Sermon, again, it's just one of those situations you don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what workload it's going to look like. So to answer your question, I don't, I don't have an answer. I, I would go with Chanel probably. Five minutes of analysis for no answer. Uh, I, I agree. I think Jacksonville Houston is going to fly up and down the field. I think that could be an over game as well. Uh, no love for Cooks, Brandon Cooks. Just we're, we're totally out on Tyrod, obviously. I don't, I don't want a Houston player anywhere near my lineup. And I have Phil Lindsay on my team, but I mean, I'm hope The only way he touches my, my lineup ever is if the rule of flexology plays out. That he ends up being the, the running back that's getting all the carries, and you got to start him over a shifty wide receiver. I don't hate Cooks as a play. Uh, I would just go with Chenault based on the potential and what we've seen so far, or what we. I guess what what I what I should say is what we've not seen out of DJ Chark the last two years. I think I would play Cooks. I think he's a safer bet for six to seven targets in what I think will be a high-scoring game. I I like Chenault this year, too. Um, but I want to see how much Marvin Jones eats into Chenault if Chark's a thing again. Um, and Sermon, I hear what you're saying, Ed. Um, I do think he could be the one nailing the coffin in, but... Week one has some weird games, and you know the Lions have had a very long time to prepare for this game. If they're going to steal one, it would have to be this week. They're going to come out probably with some weird stuff. I think that game could be weirder than people uh, think, and I, I think the Lions are terrible too, but um, I think that game's going to surprise some people. Seawolves, how many total points from King, Henry, and Kyler in what's slated to be Sunday's shootout matchup between the Titans and the Cardinals. Go ahead, Phil. I, I struggle to even fathom what's a good point total in these questions. These aren't my strong suit. So th- th- this game is one of the reasons why you draft Kyler Murray. It's going to be a weird one. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know who's going to win between the Titans and Cardinals. I think it's like a three-point line, but I do think it's going to be high-scoring. And Kyler is going to put on a show. I've got him slated right around the 37 to 38 point mark this week. Wow. And I have King Henry just feasting, uh, as always. So 25, what does that bring me to, 62? I, I like 62 out of these guys. I was going to go 50 and say that that was aggressive. 30 for Kyler, 20 for Henry, just for nice round numbers. But 62. If that happens, I think we know your answer to this next question. Who wins? <laughs> um, 38. Are, do, we, do, we, do we know if Arizona even plans on playing defense this year? <laughs> or are they just going to play an up-tempo, fast offense and, and hope to win from behind? I think they'll play defense. I don't know if they'll be good at okay. it, but I think they'll play. Yeah. You think they'll try? Yeah. They've, right. they've been drafting defensive players for a couple of years now. A lot of teams have. <laughs> um, who wins? I will take... Um, I'll take the Wolves. Um, if, e- if Eckler plays, if he's, if he's good to go. If he doesn't, then... 
It's tea bag. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this one's a, this one might be really, 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 really tight. I think Eckler's the swing guy. I think you're right. I think it depends on if he plays or not. And I think he's going to be limited, so I'm going to go with T-Bag. Give me the Wolves. Getting 62 out of Murray and Henry, that, that's going to get us over the top. Yeah, you'd have to like if you got 62 out of them, that's for sure. That's going to hurt, though, on Amari Cooper touchdown. Gallup. Was it Gallup? Oh, I thought that was Gallup. Shit. No, it's not. You can, you this can, figure is horrible. You can thick you can thank Ronald Jones for that touchdown. <laughs> this picture's not allowed on the plane, right? You like, know, oh, you, <laughs> it breaks the leg. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say it's Se- leg, second leg round turn. pick, Rojo. <clears throat> Talk about living in the past. All right, ice cream versus franchise. Spears versus Ty. We'll start off with Spears's team. What do you guys expect from Kyle Pitts in his NFL debut at home against the Eagles? <clears throat> to go absolutely bonkers. That secondary is atrocious. Um, and I don't know if they're one. I don't know if that one linebacker still there. But they had a dude that had, he can't be like if they still have the linebacker there that had like the worst tight end coverage numbers ever, then they're just really bad. I can't remember who it was. I'd look at the roster, but. That secondary is horrible. They single-handedly broke Chase Claypool out last year. They'll probably do the same to Pitts. Um, I think he scores. And he'll get like 75 yards. I am not a Kyle Pitts truther. Like I know a lot of people are. For the sake of this argument, I'll I'll just consider him a wide receiver because that's what he is. He's not gonna block anybody rookie wide receivers don't have huge seasons you you, you see it once in a while like you see jackerson you see these other guys come out i don't think he's gonna get off to a a hot start i think he has a good game a fine game for a a player in the tight end position maybe five catches for 50 yards for, for pitts this week i think he has a good bet to score um and anywhere in the 60 to 80 yard range, I would say. So I think we're all probably about the same same range for yards. It's just whether or not he scores. And I think there will be a lot of points scored in that game as well. Let's go over to the franchise. Will Marvin Jones lead the Jaguars in targets week one against Houston? We've already talked a little bit about the Jaguars um, through Chenault. Uh, I think so. I think he has a chance to lead him in targets for the year. Um, it's a guy I liked, but he's a guy that got too much hype. Like we said, some of the some of the industry hype guys get upped in the draft. He went for more than I hoped he was going to, so uh, he's on the franchise. I think he's got a chance to do some really nice things down there. Um, and he'll probably lead him for targets for the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he's going to have the highest target share this weekend. 
again, I, I'd love to see some some reps in that offense of what it's going to look like under Urban Meyer. But I think he's a safe bet to get a fair share of targets and, and leave the team. He was almost an afterthought signing this offseason. Everyone was excited about uh, Chark and Chenault. What's wrong? The running back play for Tampa Bay is laughable. These two dudes stink. Has Gio, oh, hasn't, Gio hasn't been out there yet, has he? He was out for like once. Was they he? might as well just make him the starter because these two dudes blow. Um, Did he just fumble that? Jones is a good player, though. Marvin Jones was pretty solid at the end of the year last year for my team. Um, I think people are probably sleeping on him. I do think he has a nice game, and yeah, I agree. I think he leads the the Jags and targets this week. Who wins ice cream versus franchise? Ugh, I keep forgetting this is the end question, so i got to try and like mumble <clears throat> through staring at these teams really fast. I apologize for that. Um, but... I do think there is a decent amount of firepower for this week for the ice creamers. The back end, Marvin Jones is fine, but like Johnny Smith, who knows? Uh, there's the, I don't know. Devontae Parker doesn't excite me. Marvin Jones is okay. Johnny Smith doesn't excite me. There's a little bit of <coughs> back end lag on that roster that doesn't get me excited. I think. Ice creamers probably get this one done with a decent margin. Yeah, I like ice cream big this weekend. Look at that. Just, just as Eddie was saying, you look at the bottom half of that roster, and I think they're significantly better. You're probably talking Josh Jacobs as the, the weak point, and he's going to get volume and is a half decent option. So give me the ice cream. Yeah, I'd feel a lot better about this matchup for the franchise. There's two players that are making me a little nervous. Daryl Henderson, Devontae Parker. I uh, just don't really know where those guys fit in right now. Um, I think Henderson's in a timeshare with Michelle, and Parker's one of three or four options in the passing game for Miami. Spears has less of those questions, so I'm going to lean towards the ice cream as well. Bonus question. Does he need to fire up Devontae Williams week one? Too early? Um, I don't think it's too early. I think he gets probably 10 touches. I think Gordon now touches him, but I, I love Denver this week. I think they smack the Giants. You, you think he's going to get that much volume that early? <clears throat> There's only two running backs on the entire roster. So I just think he, yeah, I think he could, I think he could get 10 touches. What do, you, what do you think about Javante Ed? Oh, I asked the question. Oh, yeah, that's why I was hoping maybe you had a thought. Uh, um, I don't know. I I think that's going to be a really low-scoring, slug-it-out kind of game. That seems to be the way both those teams are built. Uh, I think they're both going to be trying to find their identity offensively, so it feels like one of those like 13-7 slug-it-out kind of games... It doesn't excite me much for this week. I think it's two good defenses. Um, I was just curious because I, I just I have like no excitement about Devontae Parker whatsoever. I don't know why. I, I don't know if I'm in my own camp with that or if that's popular opinion. I'm not sure. Parker's definitely been under the radar, um, but I think a lot of the Dolphins passing game has. 
Yes. No Will Fuller this week, so that probably helps. Um, but we'll see how much Waddle and Gasicki and even Gaskin in the passing game eats into that. <clears throat> Next game, Renegades versus Mad Dogs. Fegley's debut as a Renegade against uh, Mick and Mahomes. Mahomes going back to play against his former owner. Start off with the Renegades. Uh, running back two spot. Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, or Kenyon Drake. Which one would you play if you were Fegley? <clears throat> um, it has to be asked. Sorry. Let <laughs> me go check the waiver wire. $20 for Bell and hope he gets activated by Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that might be it. Um, you are going to play... God, it's gross. You're going to play Zach Moss. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I'm not happy about it. Uh, you're going to vomit all over yourself on Sunday as 1 o'clock rolls in and you're realizing Zach Moss is in your starting lineup. I'm running uh, I'm running A.J. Dillon out there from Fedley. I know he's a handcuff and that's not outstanding, but we've seen games where Jones and Williams can score together when it was those two guys. And um, I think Dillon's a better bet for 8 to 10 points than Moss's. And I don't love it either, but just don't want any part of that uh, Buffalo run game. I think Moss has a better chance to score. <clears throat> yeah, probably. That's yeah. Only, but I don't think that game is as close as people think it is. TJ Watt got paid, though. Yeah, it's... Oh. AB Monster. It's a big one. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about TJ Watt. Anyone that listens to anything I say, that's what I feel. Highest right, paid defensive guy until the next guy gets paid, right? <laughs> so however long that is, highest yeah. paid player in the NFL on defense. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald now officially a value. <laughs> <laughs> AB, what a guy! Six bucks, baby. It was a steal. Uh, Mad Dogs, how many touches for Ceh this week? And what should be again? Another high-scoring affair between Cleveland and Kansas City. How many touches? Yeah. Um, 19. Look, there is not much in the NFL that you can take to the bank every season. Andy Reid in September is something you can take to the bank every season. This Chiefs offense is going to be spectacular in September, and we'll be saying Tom Brady, who Patrick Mahomes is going to be the GOAT every year like clockwork. Hilaire is going to have a great month. He's going to have a great game on Sunday. I put at 22 touches. Uh... I'm going to go under both of you guys. I'm going to say 16. 
just think that I think they're going to have to do more uh, in the air. I think Cleveland has a chance to actually put them on the ropes here this week and make this game pretty interesting. Just a fancy. I was playing nineteen. I'm thinking like six or catches. Yeah, I don't think he's have like fifteen carries by any by any means. I think he's like eleven to thirteen carries, and the rest are catches. They're gonna score too fast to even think about running the football. I will take the Mad Dogs to win. What say you two? Oh shit! I forgot that was the ending question again. Um, yeah, I'm good with that. I don't think anyone starting Zach Moss in week one is going to win a game this year. I think Mick's got a significantly better roster. And what we're seeing out of Zeke and Evans combining for... 3.5 in the first half in a game in which there's 40 points scored. Uh, Mick's got this running away. Uh, Jalen Rager is there, though. Oof. Yeah, the good, the good start, or the bad start, I should say, for the Renegades players definitely helps in aiding that prediction. Uh, Bowl Weevils versus the Flock. We'll start off with the Weevils. Give me a Najee Harris stat line prediction for the Weevils. Uh, he's going to run for 60 yards and he will have 25 receiving yards. It's exactly what I was going to say. Like that, I was going to say 50 yards rushing, 25 receiving. I think any other game this year, those numbers are significantly higher. I keep hearing, I've, I've heard a few people say this that I follow, that the Bills are just going to roll the Steelers this weekend. And it's not a good matchup in Buffalo. They're going to be playing from behind. They're not going to get a lot going. It'll, it'll be a classic wake-up game for the Steelers in, in week one, and they'll come back strong the rest of the season. Uh, I think Najee has a better game than you guys think. I'm going to say he goes over 100 total yards between rushing and receiving. I think that they know that they have to slow the pace down. They can't get into a track meet with Buffalo. We saw what that looked like last year. It wasn't pretty. Um, they're going to have to. Uh, Buffalo spent a lot of time this offseason in, in improving their pass defense in terms of the rushing, uh, pass rush. And I just think there's a couple screens that Najee um, just to keep the pass rushers in check. I think Najee has a nice game, but I think it also comes down to uh, whether or not he scores, if he uh, really pays off and gets close to that 18-20 to 20 point mark. For the flock, it feels bad to keep having to bring this up, but can Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, two members of the vaunted Baltimore Ravens passing attack, can both of them be started by one team? Yeah, they can. Successfully? Should, should they? <laughs> um, I know they can. You can click and put the names in and you can do it. 
But those are uh, those people that are doing those things are in fourteen to sixteen man leagues. But um, yeah, I mean, the receiving core is depleted. I guess if there's a time to, and now the running backs are all gone too. I guess if there's a time to try to fire up Hollywood Brown, it's against the Raiders in Week One and see if they come out roaring off the start like they did last year against the. Was it last year? No, two years ago. Terrible Miami team where he threw five touchdowns. Yeah, it's when you had Lamar. Yeah, they all run together for me. Um, but I guess this is the time to try to crank them up and let them roll. Um, not a lot of other options on the team. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if he needs that Hail Mary 60-yard bomb, but is it, maybe Corey Davis is a safer number? Maybe it, it feels like looking at this matchup that he probably just needs like a good floor guy in there, which might be Davis. Um, that's like the Hollywood Brown X factor. When you feel like you need that, if I can just get a 60 yard touchdown this week, I might be there. And I don't think it's that kind of week for him. I think he can hang in there with a decent floor guy that catches five or six balls. That might be Corey Davis. So you're saying you would play Marquise Brown like last year's championship game, right? <laughs> so that, that's what I was going to mention because <laughs> there there is a time to fire up Hollywood Brown, and that's off the waiver wire of the championship. And he spiked on me last year, which uh, I, still, I still think about at night. I don't think you feel all that confident if you're down any points going into that Monday night game when you're firing up Andrews and Hollywood Brown, knowing that it's it's possible Lamar Jackson won't throw any more than 15 passes that game. I kind of like it. It doesn't solve a problem, but I, I like throwing Corey Davis in there, and he he at least has, has a better floor, and you're not relying on Lamar to win you a game Monday night. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah, he started he, Hollywood. Uh, and and Jamison Crowder. Yeah, Jamison Crowder. I remember that dagger. He had some stupid seven yard catch that he ran for like three tackles or something. And by he also threw. A, he also threw a touchdown. Was <laughs> <laughs> he threw the touchdown? Yeah. Um, That's what you, you got to play for that. <laughs> I was in a position where that Hollywood Brown narrative plays out, though. Like, I needed I needed to pull out all the stops. I was the underdog in that game. I'll never forget, I had the most waiver wire money, and I'm like, all right, who should I try and block them from getting? And I'm like, all right, these players are terrible, and didn't even try. Yeah, you had a campaign against still... that, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, that, that was more of like a COVID play for, for Monday Night Football. Um, Corey Davis is the answer. But there's two guys in the world that keep telling me Lamar Jackson can play quarterback, and that's Jason Rankin and Mike Greenberg. Uh, so, do with that what you uh, what you will. I know that triggers you, Phil. Why Why are you listening to Mike Greenberg? That's what's triggering me. <laughs> what does that guy know about sports that you don't know? I only know that. Oh, come on. I, I only know that because Jason's the one that sent me the link of. Mike Greenberg talking about Lamar Jackson playing quarterback. Even even worse. All right, game of the week. The highest scored uh, projection from ESPN. Reigning champ, Steel Curtain, against Abuseman Park. We'll start off with the park. This might be a dumb question, 
But would you start Saquon this week, even if you know he's on a pitch count? Or do you think Sure has a better option on his bench? Hard to say, you know, I would bench a, a guy that's being taken in the first round of most drafts, but I, I think it's something that should be brought up. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, who wins? Flock versus uh, Weevils. We never even talked about it. Feels like a game both teams need to have. I will take uh, the, the Flock. How is it week one and both teams need to have it? Because bo- I think that it's both those teams, like, you need to beat like teams to get into the playoffs. And I think these teams will be similar at the end of the year, so it's an important game to have. That's all. I think the flock has a slight edge. Uh, I'm going to agree. Give me the flock this week. What did you make that face for? Because I, I left the draft thinking Sure had a really good team, and I'm going through his roster. I'm like, I don't really... Well, we, we weren't talking about Sure. We're talking about the flock versus... Oh, I'm sorry. Not, not Sure. Uh, <laughs> Bull. I'm, I mean, I'm looking at his roster. I'm like, oh, I thought, I thought he had some other pieces, but he doesn't. He was the one um, wearing yeah. the green jersey at the table. You remember, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, back to Saquon and whether or not you would play him. Uh, yeah, I think I think you have to. Uh, the answer is yes, because he's got a lot of upside that his bench players don't have. And in your flex one or flex two spot, absolutely worth the dirt throw. I wasn't sure if Marquez Callaway deserved some consideration in week one, just being the the target hog for the Saints. That's the main reason I brought the question up. I, I think I would obviously run Saquon out there. Running backs are always a better bet to pay off than receivers in terms of touchdowns. Um, but I just thought Callaway may be a prime, uh, prime target this week for Jameis. All right, let's go over to the curtain. Who of Eddie's season-ending top five quarterbacks would you start this week? Jalen Hurts or Matt Stafford? Hurts on the road against Atlanta. Stafford at home against Chicago in his Rams debut on Sunday night, a game which is notoriously known for its fantasy output. Um, I don't, I don't know who I'm going to start. Right now it says Hurts. It does say Hurts right now. Day ago it said Stafford. <laughs> Is tomorrow? Sunday it will say Matt Stafford, and it should say Matt Stafford. That's where I'm at. The answer is it hurts so good. <laughs> I swear I was working today, and I saw rankings go up for week one on the ticker on the bottom of the TV. And I thought I saw someone's ranking saying Hertz was their number one quarterback this week against Atlanta. At yeah. first, I thought it was crazy, and then the more I thought about it, like Atlanta's defense is just—it's it, it, tissue paper. It's—it's it's in the dome. Their new coach is going to be trying to make a name for himself. 
I think Hurts is the play. I don't want to go against the Chicago defense as great as we think the Rams and, and McVay is. The guy's still young. He's an offensive genius. We all know it. But give me Hurts this week. I don't know if we all know that, but sure. Hey, that's, what, that's what I read on ESPN. You know who's a big Jalen Hurts guy this year? Matthew Barry. Don't say Greenberg. Matthew Barry. Oh, all right. Oh, you read him too, huh? <laughs> uh, I do read some of his stuff. ESPN Plus, uh, paid subscriber. So so you pay to read Matthew Barry? No, I pay to watch Peyton's Places and Eli's Places because I think they're both phenomenal shows. Um, that's why I have an ESPN Plus subscription. The Matthew Barry content is just like a super great bonus that comes along with it. Yeah, icing on the cake, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. All right, can the curtains start off one and zero and start their three peak campaign? Who wins this uh, battle of titans? Uh, Dak Prescott's on pace to shatter every passing record ever again this year, barring injury. So I don't think I have enough to get it done. Not often you see someone go to the barring injury comment in week one. <laughs> First half of opening night, you don't see that a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Cause is the only person that tries to kill people. He did it to Ronald Jones in mere minutes. It's an absolutely unprecedented, uncanny ability to just kill guys. I hope I don't get a negative from Ronald Jones. Boof, he puts it on the turf. It's unbelievable. What happens to me is actually quite the opposite, and you know this. As soon as I dog somebody, they overperform. Or if I you, think, or if you, you killed the Minnesota guy, the kid from Minnesota, you killed him. I did kill the kid from Minnesota. As soon as you said McCaffrey was bulletproof, dude missed fourteen games. <laughs> so you you can do it too. I spent three years saying he wasn't bulletproof, yeah. though. I mean, I I tried to kill him for three years. Then I buy in, and he dies. Now, the only one that goes to the week one, I hope this guy gets hurt, is Shane Stein, and we all know it. Uh, Phil, who wins? All right. Let, let me look at this, because I think these are pretty even teams. Dak and Hurts, Dak gets the slight edge just based on tonight's performance. I think the running backs are pretty even. Slight edge to Eddie, maybe. Wide receivers... I like Deontay and, and, and Woods. I, I don't know why, even with Godwin's good game. So slight edge to sure. Man, this is really tough. <laughs> give me give me the curtain. I, but I think it's really close. Um It is it is really close. Dalvin Cook's one of my favorite plays this week. Um on the slate. I think he has a huge game against Cincinnati. Robinson should touch the ball enough. Mike Williams and Sony Michelle are the ones that make me nervous. Um, you know, if you're not going to play Stafford, maybe you do play Michelle because of correlation. If you do play Stafford, maybe you don't play Michelle just to kind of maximize your volume. Um, but I think I'll take the park in a very, very tight one just because of the start Dak's having in the first half. Oh, God, Brady interception. Really? That wasn't fair. I'm a Hail Mary. God damn. Too I, also had a, I also have the thrower of his two wide receivers, so that's playing into my decision-making in a Butler-esque way. Yeah. 
that's a that's a thing. But the rushing numbers of Hurts is attractive. Shouldn't be concerned about Mike Williams. That line, by the way, the Washington line, I find absolutely preposterous. What is it? It's moved from like a, a plus one to like minus one for Washington. I don't know why that would be. I thought the Charger. Uh, I thought the Chargers it, were the hype team this year. Yeah, but you've been inundated and jammed down your effing throat with the fact that a seven. They won seven games last night, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've been just hammered down the throat with all of a sudden this is such a good football team. This defense is unbelievable. They won seven games last year. You've been jammed down your throat with Antonio Gibson. You've been jammed down your throat with Terry McLaurin. They've got this unbelievable quarterback rolling in there who's never played a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. It's just, and the public's swallowing it up. Like, it's unbelievable. Hot take, Dallas is the best team in the NFC East, and it's not close. Yeah, if I had money laying around, I would hammer the Chargers so hard, but I don't. I heard someone make an analysis this week, or they made an argument, I should say, that if you like the Chargers this week, you should just bet them at 40-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Because the way their schedule lays out, that they're going to win this, and then their odds are going to go down to like 25-1 to or 20-1, to and it's better value to just place them on a future bet to win the Super Bowl. They've been done a show over actually. Yeah. Well, th- these are the people I get content from. <laughs> they're, they're, they're no Greenberg or Matthew Berry, but they're they're pretty good. Yeah, it all checks out now. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just put like $50 on them to, to cover the spread this week and win rather than light money on fire betting the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It seems too easy, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it, Chargers are the no-brainer play. It seems too easy. <laughs> Brandon Staley is also, I think, the Vegas favorite for Coach of the Year, which I find phenomenal. The public's also believing in that West. They still are archaic in the belief that West Coast teams can't win on the East Coast, so that's playing into it today. Long flight. Long flight. <laughs> COVID restrictions, you wear masks on the plane. Oxygen takes down. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, but some people also say Justin Herbert's the best quarterback we've ever seen. So. All right, uh, Eddie, you got any two for one for us? It's been a while. God, I don't have any. I don't have any lines. No content prepared. Um, anything else from you guys before we wrap up the week one pod? Hammer the shirt. I did have one issue I wanted to raise after oh, listening Christ. to the podcast last week. I got some heat for uh, Kareem Hunt at 23 and Beckham at 16 and Claypool at 14 and saying you can combine those into a better player which is which is probably true I could probably head some bets and, and combine them into one much better player than those three guys my question is and as I was sitting there in the draft I had a hard time believing this and it's for you cause um you're rolling out Rojo as an RB2, which I understood. You think he's the starter and he's going to have a better workload. And maybe he will. I don't, I, I don't know. You invest 14 into RB2, and then you invest $12 into Michael Thomas and, what, $4 into J.K. Dobbins? So yeah. you're, you're looking at $16 <laughs> in guys that 
One of them definitely won't play, and the other one hasn't been spotted in public in a few months. Okay. What What was the thought process there? And yeah, what What, what, what were you thinking there? I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I'm the one that said that. I actually thought it was value. I thought I said it was value based draft. No, Eddie said it, and I thought okay. it, I thought I thought it was a fair comment on my draft. I need I needed upside. I needed a bunch of guys and. I'm well, not happy with Kareem Hunt at 23, who looks like a handcuff, but will get some work. The Rojo but thing I, was... I, a, I had to go yeah. for value. The Rojo thing was a mistake. I mean, I, I said that. i obviously not happy that he's my starting running back right now. Um, Melvin Gordon's my regret from the draft. I should have bid more on Melvin Gordon. Um, but I did have a $30 bid out there for Chase Edmonds, and I would rather have Jones... Michael Thomas and Dobbins for $30 than Chase Edmonds for $30. So with what was left at that time in the draft, I thought I'd made the most of it, but it, it's not something I'm proud of that that's, that that's <laughs> how my team well, is I, right now. I think my, my bigger issue is probably with Dobbins and like why we think he has any value. Other, other than having two owners that are big Raven fans in our league, why, why does Dobbins have any value? Next year, because number one, he was a he was an RB two coming into this season, <clears throat> based 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 on rankings, based on being the number two running back in that offense, and then he's going to be coming off an ACL injury next year, so he's a low end RB two, high end RB three, based on everything I'm saying. Why why does that even have any value? You saw what Mike Davis went for. Why why does a Dobbins at the trade deadline this year have any value? I think Dobbins is a much more exciting name than Mike Davis. I mean, I was able to get a pretty good haul for Saquon at fifteen, who tore his ACL, I think, in week four or five. Dobbins tore his in the second week of the preseason. He'll be ready to go next year and you know, as long as there aren't major changes in Baltimore, they are the best rushing attack in the NFL. Because um, of their running quarterback. Yes. But he also elevates the ceiling on, or elevates the floor on the running backs, too. So, I think I can get something of value for J.K. Dobbins. I think I, I think I can pull that off this year. But then he lowers the floor because he doesn't throw to his running back. He raises it, but also lowers it. Hey, dude, you're the guy that you're you're the guy who builds your team around the guy that literally doesn't catch the football. So it's okay. Oh, uh, don't don't come at the king. I'm Have not, you not learned your lesson yet. I'm not coming at the king. Come what? at you. What what Sunday? Yeah. The what? Eagles are the leg. It's Eagles and Chargers. Okay. They win as a dog on the road. All right. What's the Eagles line? Thank you for saving me from that conversation. Uh, it's three, but I, back in the day when I used to get invited to this podcast, I used to give two for one underdog money line winners. So, oh my God, if if the Eagles win this weekend and Devontae Smith has a big game, this town is going to go nuts. They're gonna, they're gonna start booking their Super Bowl flights. All right, this has been very fun. Thank you both. <laughs> for uh, your time this evening. I appreciate it. Happy to see all three of us rolling with touchdowns from all of our players. Hopefully we can continue it in the second half. And uh, good luck to Eddie as he goes for his three-peat this year. Good luck to Phil as he goes for the trifecta of three championship losses. 
And as you may or may not know, I'm going for my fourth in seven years. Um, just in case <laughs> anybody forgot. But it's been fun. Thank you both for joining me. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week.